John here, and we've got a new sponsor, DistroKid. Now that you've finished your latest Pirate Math SpongeCore Twitch trek, it's time to get it out there so everyone can hear it. DistroKid helps musicians get their music on all the major streaming platforms, and artists keep 100% of their royalties. And because you're a high-gain listener, you get 30% off. Just go to distrokid.com slash VIP slash high gain. That's distrokid.com slash VIP slash high gain. And now DistroKid has an app. The DistroKid app is available for iOS and Android. You can download it at distrokid.com slash app or in the app and play stores. We'd like to take a minute to thank our pals over at Isotope, makers of software and plugins for audio repair, mixing, and mastering. The new gold standard of audio repair, Isotope RX11, is coming in May. Buy RX10 now on sale and get RX11 absolutely free when it's released. We use Isotope products here at the High Gain. It's an important part of how we've been able to bottle pure podcast gold week after week. High Gain listeners get 10% off using the promo code FRET10. That's F-R-E-T-1-0. That's all at isotope.com. I-Z-O-T-O-P-E dot com. Hey, this is Ed Peterson. And this is John Kiltica. And this is the High Gain Podcast. The High Gain Podcast, Ed. John, what do we talk about? Oh, we talk about guitars and all kinds of stuff. Yes, guitars, pedals, stuff like that. Where are you recording from, John? I am in a basement in West Seattle today, Ed. How about you? I am in a spare bedroom in lovely Palm Springs, California. In the melty, melty desert. Oh my God, 118 today, John. I'm stoked. I don't know if you're just like uh, iron-willed or dumb. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, a little of both. You know what, John? No, what? We have a guest. We do? Yes. Guest, Joel Cordy? God damn it. Never heard someone say my name so perfectly. (laughs) From Chase Bliss Audio. Yep, that's me. Where are you recording from, Joel? So I live in St. Michael, Minnesota, which is a suburb of Minneapolis. And I'm just in a room with the door closed. I guess we call it the toy room here. It's just a, you know, small 10 by 10 room. There's toys everywhere. There's shit everywhere. Yeah, I'm, I'm in here trying to close myself off from the madness that is my house. I need to clarify. Is it just because you like to have a 10 by 10 room full of toys or do you actually have kids? I have two kids. <laughs> That'd be awesome if, if this was just my thing. Um, you know, I have a five-year-old and a three-year-old. And so this is kind of the room where just everything sort of gets, you know, sort of hidden, you know. Just sweep it all into the toy room? Oh, one of them just came in here, but I think he noticed that I was doing something sort of, you know, important. So he left right away. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I've got a uh, 18 and 21 year old and a 10 by 10 toy room. We still have that. Really? They don't change much? Okay. You don't have to be rich to be my girl. You don't have to be cool to rule my 
Beverages. Beverages. See what we did there, Joel? Yeah, I think. <laughs> Prince is from Minnesota, Joel. Oh, well, really? I, I wasn't aware of that. <laughs> <laughs> I, I feel like Minnesotans were overly proud of musicians. Sure. And so Prince, you know, it's just off the charts. Oh, sure. We're proud. Hey, Joel, do you have a beverage? I do. What do you got? Well, okay. You know what? I have a beverage, but you guys have three beverages because <laughs> we talked about this a little bit before. So yeah. you guys just give me like one minute. I'm going to go get two more. All right. <laughs> I just have coffee and I just want us to be on like the same level, you know? I love it. Do it. <laughs> I'll be right back. I'm back. Oh, cool. Oh, hey, Joel. Hi. Did you get three? Yeah, so I'm about halfway done with my cup of coffee. Is it black? Yeah, it's black. Nice. Great. You know. A standard, a classic. Nothing wrong with it, you know? No. <laughs> I have a LaCroix sparkling water. It's a, a pamplemousse, I think is how you say it. Yes. Okay, so I'm going to... Yep, I got that one ready. And then, just to mix it up a little bit, I have this really full-flavored... 2.6 carbs, 95 calories, Michelob Ultra. Oh. <laughs> it's just going to really hit the spot, you know? Man. So it's like I have water, and then I have kind of water with the Ultra, <laughs> and then I have the coffee. That's great. Beer and coffee, yeah. Well, you know, I'm not going to probably, like, interchange them. I'll probably wait till I finish the coffee, and I don't know. I mean, there's a couple different strategies I'm toying around with here. <laughs> Don't commit. You got to stay open. Yeah. What are you drinking, Ed? Similarly, I have a cup of coffee, black coffee, the classic. Everyone loves it. Yep. Then I have a Lucky Jack Nitro Cold Brew coffee. It says old school and it has a sailing boat, you know, like one of those old schoonery kind of pictures on it. Mm -hmm. uh -huh. Craft cold brew as it should be. Lucky Jack out of Las Vegas, Nevada. That's weird. Las Vegas. Yeah. And then I have a great big smoothie I made. It's got raspberries, blackberries, and a banana. Wow. It's an embarrassment of riches. Palm Springs, baby. Stay hydrated. That's a special group of beverages there. What about you, John? I have black coffee as well. Great. And I've got this palm antioxidant super tea, pomegranate and lemonade flavor. Whoa. Yeah. And then I also have Soleil, which is the signature brand of uh, Safeway, a sparkling flavored pineapple water drink beverage. <laughs> yeah. You know, um, Orca Beverages is a old school soda company. They make these vintage sodas. We shout out Orca Beverages a lot. We drink them because we think they're delicious. Okay. <laughs> And some fan sent them a mail and said, hey, you need to hook these guys up. And we left and I got a photo from my neighbor and they have this huge box from Orca Beverages that's waiting for me. It's almost making me want to cut my trip short. To go back and get the beverages? Yeah. So you guys have kind of made it then. <laughs> that's sort of what I'm saying. Yeah. It's a pretty big deal. Yeah. I don't know if you knew that when you were coming on. I didn't know that. Um, <laughs> everything's changed now. Right. Your older children, they must, they must really respect you. <laughs> hey, guess what I have here, Ed? Uh, you have a guitar. 
Well, you know, we're talking to Joel here about Chase Bliss stuff. Yes. Joel is the force behind Chase Bliss Audio. Yeah. We have his new pedal here, the Automatone Preamp Mark II. So I have a new guitar. <laughs> okay. Are you familiar with the Paranormal Series Fenders? Oh, great. Wow. This is a Paranormal Series brand new Toronado. Is it like telly-ish looking? It's more offset in the realm of like Jaguar, Jazzmaster style. This is when people know I am not paying attention. I should know that. Yeah, I want to pull it up too. <laughs> if I walk the extremes of the tone, Ed, yeah. like we do, then I set it to as trebly as I can make it be, and we get... Pretty trebly. Was that tone up? Yeah. Okay. It has two humbuckers, two atomic humbuckers. Ooh. Now, if I go to as bassy as I could make this thing. It's pretty bassy, right? Sure. Now I'm in the middle. Let's see what we get. What color is this one? Did you get the Lake Placid or the black? The Lake Placid. It's like a jazz master with two humbuckers. That's it, right? And no vibrato. Yeah, like hardtail. Yeah. What do you think, Joel? Well, I'm reading the description, the product details, and it says, with its otherworldly looks, transcendent playability, and earth-shattering tone, yeah. this model will transport any player into a paranormal realm. Whoa. Ooh. And that is exciting to me. Oh, hell yeah. Transcendent playability. Come on. Who doesn't know what that means? <laughs> I don't know. Nobody. And certainly we know what earth-shattering tone sounds like. We just heard it. Yeah. In the Paranormal series, they have a few that are weird. I think that description is kind of a cut and paste from their more weird ones. So the earth-shattering tone, is that's that's all of the models in the Paranormal series then? It's marketing stuff, right? Yeah, I know. That's not my deal. I'm saying it's working on me. <laughs> Oh, okay. When I play, I want it to be transcendent. Well, good news. These things are $350. Does it feel like a good guitar? It does, actually. It feels super solid. If you take 350 bucks and reverse inflation it back to when I started playing, I don't know if you're going to get anything this nice for that amount of money. I've got a question for you guys. Yeah. You know, I'm still learning about the High Gain podcast and and everything. Um, do you guys ever have return guests on the show? Oh. Ever? Maybe no one comes back. Is that what you're getting at? You're never coming back? <laughs> no, no, no. Here's what I'm getting at. You guys asked me if I had any guitar suggestions, and I was just like, nope. Now that I'm actually kind of thinking about it, <laughs> I feel bad that I offered no suggestions or direction whatsoever. And while I'm very excited to talk about the Squire Paranormal <laughs> Tornado guitar, I was thinking maybe I can come back someday and actually have a suggestion. That would be great. The one I really wanted to have you on for was the Baronic. Actually, just looking on your guys' website and all the funky guitars you guys have talked about, I was like, oh man, I should have suggested that. Those guitars I want real bad. <laughs> he made a mood guitar? Yeah. The mood color scheme, the mood is sitting at my feet right now. Oh, cool. And that mood color scheme 
kills me. Like that guitar is so beautiful and just like paired with the pedal. Oh my God. Yeah. You know, the whole thing with mood, I just feel like in so many ways, because it's our best selling product by kind of a lot. Oh. I just feel like the stars just aligned in such a weird way where where everything just kind of worked out, including the way it looks, which we thought would be kind of radical and maybe turn people off a little bit. But it's it's almost like a lifestyle pedal or something. Like it <laughs> it does a weird thing and like it looks a weird way and it's a weird name and it's just kind of works. I don't know what a lifestyle pedal is, but but I have one and I love it. Hey Ed. Yeah. Hit the viewers with some mood. I don't have an amp, so this is like straight in. The pure mood tone. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> this is a 1978 Fender Telecaster Custom. It does that, which I love. That is so great. I love that pedal. That's the uh, slip mode. Man, this pedal kills me. I play it so much. That was another thing, too. It's like, okay, let's we're figuring out the modes, and it's like, well, we're going to have like a looping delay and a reverb and like a kind of a weird reverb. And then Dan at Old Blood, who's their DSP engineer, he's like, oh, I've got this kind of weird thing I've been working on. What do you guys think about it? And he sent us an early version of the slip mode, and we were all like, dude... Because we already had the micro-looping stuff on the Drolos side, and it just gave another angle to the pedal that was so special. I use the reverb, I use the delay, but like it effectively just lives in slip mode. There was a little discussion about what we should call slip mode. Yeah. And I was pushing pretty hard. I just wanted to call it mode. I just wanted to be like mode mode. <laughs> I don't know why. I thought it was hilarious, but everyone else was like, ah, I don't know about that. I don't know exactly even what slip is doing. I just love it. I think I took the time to understand it one day, but I forgot. <laughs> <laughs> How did it come to be, Joel, that you collaborated with the people you've collaborated with? Is that something you're seeing more and more of in the pedal world? I was never my intent to do collaborations or any of that. I liked making stuff on my own and making my own decisions and, and whatnot. And I had some people reach out to me before Brothers came out, but this guy named Peter Bregman, who ran this company with, with a partner called Resonant Electronic, had this idea of implementing some of his designs into you know my digitally controlled platform and we got together and again it was it was a little bit like mood where i was like oh my gosh we could do your designs in my platform you know i could design one channel and we could use your designs on the other channel and we could have them work with each other like the idea was just like there so quickly and got me so excited that i worked super hard on it and i guess in that moment i saw the advantages of working with people who are good at stuff that maybe you're not the best at and like playing to each other's strengths. And so we developed a product pretty quickly that has been a really good product for us. And then that platform, the two channels thing evolved into the dark world collaboration and then the mood collaboration. I mean, honestly, it just like makes more interesting, better products. And it just kind of works for everybody and it works for me. And, and 
I love the friendships and relationships that come along with it. I also love how it makes product development faster. Right. Feels like there's becoming this DIY collaborative community in the pedal world. Mm -hmm. Seems like it doesn't really exist in a lot of other industries. Everyone seems very cool for the most part, which is nice. It's kind of wild, and it's continuing to happen with smaller up-and-coming pedal companies as well. So I don't think it's going away, and I think that that helpful and friendly let's-lift-everybody-up vibe is going to keep happening. I love it. It's just such a generous way to be with your time and your creativity that we want to support that any way we can, usually. Yeah. Well, I also think it's like as kind of out there and creative and whatever that Chase Bliss products are, <laughs> whatever that means. Um, you know, now that we've g- grown considerably and like I have five full time employees and it's, you know, it's like a real business and there is a little bit more of this might be shocking to some people because our stuff is kind of out there but there is a little bit more of a conservative approach sometimes if there's a really wacky idea it's like oh that's not gonna sell you know we have to make sure the business is successful for everybody right man the blooper and the mood are the conservative versions (laughs) like Yeah. What got thrown out? (laughs) I think in those cases, it's more of a concerted effort to be like, how can we make this thing more immediate? How much of it is on your board? Like when you go out with your band, mostly trees. That's a great question. I I have this sort of uh, self-defeating negative personality about my own work that I feel like I need to play my pedals continually to like remind myself that they're good. So a couple of years ago, I decided to just only play Chase Bliss pedals for a while. Guess what, Ed? I'm ready. This is the Chase Bliss Automaton preamp Mark II. It has six flying faders on it, which means as you stomp through your presets, the faders actually move. So you can have a visual reference of what it is you've set up. There's a volume and a gain and an EQ section. Uh, There's bass and treble, and in the middle, it is parametric. So you can set the frequency you want to be at and then boost or turn it down. What does parametric EQ mean? Uh, Like I'm a five-year-old, John. (laughs) Joel, can you help Ed understand this? (laughs) I'm Googling it right now. (laughs) I just remember someone explaining it to me at NAMM, and I was like, okay. But I think most people think of a parametric EQ as like you're able to set the frequency that you want to boost or cut. And I think if it's fully parametric, you need to be able to set the Q on a knob or a fader. And ours is just a three-way toggle. And so the Q, Ed, is like a curve on a graph. I'm with you. Start at the bottom. It goes up and then comes back down. That's the Q. You could smush it down so it's just like a little sliver. Or you can have it nice and wide. And I've actually discovered something here, Ed. Okay. I've got the mid all the way up. Mm -hmm. All I'm doing is making that hump that I told you about. Right. Wider or narrower. And I'm moving the fader. Pretty cool. Are there settings where you can automate the fader to like do that without manually doing it? Or is that just a MIDI setting? You know, it's interesting because our normal classic pedal line is able to do automated stuff like that. And I decided with this line not to do it. 
I don't want to rule it out for future products, but also the main thing we're trying to do here is to have a visual representation of presets. I just overall wanted it to be a little bit easier to wrap your head around. This is like the One Chase Bliss product where I feel like I can actually explain it in like a minute. And I like that a lot. You're right. This pedal, while it has the faders, it's pretty straightforward. That's true. I've got a preset that I set up here, Ed, because you know I like fuzz. (laughs) (laughs) That's awesome. (laughs) I've got the gain cranked (laughs) into a volume that's only at like two or three. The button that goes with the fuzz side or the gain, you get off. (laughs) Open, which is going to really squeal out. (laughs) That's the part of the circuit Joel designed. (laughs) I love it. (laughs) Or gated. We have this thing where some people have written in and they're like, hey, could you maybe play with less overdrive? (laughs) Oh, here's the sound of this guitar. And then John would just like crank it through some fucking fuzz pedal like everything's dimed. (laughs) (laughs) So we went and bought a 1981 that's just like our standard low gain. Oh, cool. Yeah, here it is. And then about a week or two ago, I'm like, God damn it, John. I realized he's just been slowly diming up <laughs> the 1981. Like after the sound check. Yeah, you know? exactly. So like then we were talking about the preamp and he's like, oh, yeah, I'll just fill all 30 presets with these fucked up fuzz settings. <laughs> There's just going to be 30 like. <laughs> <laughs> That's my kind of guy. I was like, hey, Ed, I could take all my fuzz pedals and make their equivalents on this and carry my whole fuzz collection around in one box. Well, then also the Toronado, it's probably got pretty high output too, right? Because of the humbuckers. Ooh. You mean the atomic humbuckers? Earth shattering. (laughs) Do you know when the Toronado first came out? Anybody? 1968. That is uh, very optimistic of you, Ed. Okay. (laughs) 1998. Came out as part of their deluxe series. Mm. But in 2003, they discontinued it. That is the weird part about the history of this. Mm -hmm. There must be somebody at Fender who's like, man, I just can't give up on the Toronado. When did you say it was discontinued? 2003. Well, it's interesting, though, because it's like Offset, I feel like, has had such a renaissance in the last five years that they probably thought, geez, maybe if this came out now, people would buy it. That could be because then the very next year, 2004, Mm -hmm. they reissue it. Oh, (laughs) never mind. (laughs) (laughs) And they add more colors, Mm -hmm. weird colors, caramel metallic. Oh, caramel. And then they slipped it into different series. There was the U.S. Special Series. There were the Highway 1 guitars. Is the thing that makes it a Toronado the two humbuckers? You would think so, wouldn't you? (laughs) Well. Except that in 2004, you could get it with two what they called Black Dove P90s. That makes sense. Like, if it was two single coils, oh, it's a Mustang. 
And so I mentioned that they reissued all this crap in 2004. Later at the end of that year, they discontinued them. Hmm, sure. But that's okay because in 2005, they brought them back. (laughs) (laughs) You look at the history of any given guitar or guitar company, it's just like, oh, they stop, they start. I'm starting to see that in my own products as well. Like we had a flanger called Spectre that half people hated and the other 25% that was fine. And then maybe five to 10% of people loved it and they didn't sell super well and they're hard to make. And so it's like, oh, well, let's stop making those. And like I'm on eBay the other day and I saw one sold for $421. (laughs) (laughs) How much of your product line are you thinking about making again? Most of that sold out category is just supply chain issues from COVID-19. Like we are just having a tough time making anything right now. Sure. What's that like for something that's as new as this automaton? That's going to hurt. Yeah. Our pedals are all made in Los Angeles. Well, I guess not 100%. We do do some local assembly, but, you know, they had to shut down for like, I think it was six weeks. Now I think they're pretty much fully open for now. But (laughs) we said, you know what? Just focus on automaton. We're going to get behind on everything else, but. You know, we have people that pre-ordered these in January and we got to get this out. Do you have a favorite setting on this automaton, Joel? So I play a Strat and I really like how the germanium clipping on the preamp sounds with that. Let's dial that in. Okay. Tell me where to put the faders. Well, the earth shattering tone of the Tornado probably has a lot more output than my strat so you're gonna probably set the gain a little different than i would but it's set the gain pretty low okay i'd set the base somewhere below halfway got it treble in kind of a complementary position a bit higher i have the mids completely out of the circuit okay cool wow that is considerably less dirt then I had dialed into that, Ed. (laughs) (laughs) The John settings. Yeah. That's nice, though. In 2005, by the way, when they did reintroduce the Tornado for the millionth time, it was part of what they called the Big Block series. Okay. They made the body mahogany, they put Seymour Duncans in it, and they took the pickguard off of it, and then they put a reverse L-shaped racing stripe down it. That was what I was waiting for. Of course. So you've got to think in 2005, blockbuster hit machine, don't you think? Oh, yeah. Yeah. It's got a racing stripe, John. Come on. Uh, Yeah. In 2006, they discontinued it. (laughs) Again. Three, they cancel it. Four, it comes back. Four, they cancel it. Five, it comes back. And then six, they cancel it again. (laughs) Great. There are no more Tornados until this very year, 2020. Now it's the Paranormal series. Who knows? Maybe it's here to stay this time. I got a feeling it's not. (laughs) The funny thing, though, is these squires are very popular. Is it true that the motor control of these faders is independent of the tone itself? 100% independent, yeah. You can switch through your sounds and get all your sounds even if the faders aren't moving. They're just the visual reference. Exactly. And yeah, we even have a little switch on the inside where you can just shut the faders off. So if you're like on the road... And you just need it to recall your presets and you can change it into a mode where the motors are disabled. Oh, that's cool. Guess what, Ed? What? The first bank comes preloaded with 10 presets. Is that right, Joel? Yep. Who did the presets? Chris Benson did the presets. 
Oh, nice. I told him, I said, you know what? You're going to do the presets just, and he had like 20. He sent me 20. I'm like, no, I just want 10. So pick your favorite 10. So then he did that. Let's see what these sound like, Ed. Okay. Kind of a little cleaner. little dirtier getting closer to john territory (laughs) yeah getting closer Ooh, crunchier (laughs) yeah crunchy have you heard the YouTube channel, seen any of the YouTube channel with uh, Ola England? He does this like, will it chug? Have you seen this? It's like a <laughs> Swedish maybe guy, and he's very Scandinavian black metal kind of thing. Yeah, I've seen this guy. And he gets equipment in, and he's like, oh, will it chug? I just feel like sometimes when we're getting different gear in, mm-hmm. we need the death metal dude to come in and like run some stuff through its paces too. See if it chugs. Exactly. Will this thing chug, John? Let me go into the preset I made. (laughs) I bet it chugs. I bet it chugs. I'm not sure if chug is going to be the word I would use, but... That is John in a nutshell, right there. (laughs) I love it. That tone is John. Splatty. That's great. I love it. (laughs) Are there any like pedal companies or designs that right now you're just like, that's the next thing? Well, there's this pedal that came out a few months ago by a pedal company I'm a fan of called Hologram Electronics. Oh, God. Yeah, their new thing is called the Microcosm. And I, (laughs) I don't have one yet, but I will get one. And it looks really, really cool. Yeah. What about up in Minnesota there, or Minneapolis in particular? What's the ecosystem like there for effects builders? That's interesting. You know, obviously, ZVEX is here. I worked for ZVEX. But now Tom Majeski, who owns and runs and designs the stuff for Cooper Effects, he lives here now. You know, that's really cool. Yes. We also have, well, it's not like a pedal company, you know, per Hey, but um, Motherload Audio Supply is a distributor for boutique pedal brands. That's Sayer Payne who runs that. The coolest name ever, Sayer Payne. Sounds like it's made up. Bond villain. Yeah. Yeah, but like he's a distributor for 1981, Alexander Pedals, Benson, Cooper Effects, Fairfield Circuitry, GFI Systems, Ranger Effects, Career Effects, Spaceman, Sub Decay. Like he's doing stuff, you know. Is Henretta up in your neighborhood? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep, Henretta too. Yeah, I love that guy. Have you been to Walker, Minnesota? I've been to Walker, but I can't remember why. Probably because of the leeches. Leech Lake? The leeches, of course. Yeah, that's why I went. My... (laughs) I spent a lot of summers in Walker, Minnesota, like up in Leech Lake. So I've I've spent a little time up in your area. Are you from Minnesota originally? Yeah, I've lived here my whole life. Wow. It's so rare, like at least in Seattle anyway, to meet very many people that are from here originally. Oh, really? It seems like everybody's from somewhere else. That's one of the criticisms about Minnesota I've heard is that when people come in, like everyone has their friends from kindergarten that they're still friends with. And it's kind of hard to break into social circles sometimes. I think it's a different reason, but there's like the Seattle freeze. People are friendly, but not overly. 
Like they will say hi, but like, don't go beyond that. I don't want you actually talking to me. (laughs) I saw a cartoon that was one panel and it was just two dudes facing each other. One dude is from Seattle. One dude is from New York. And the Seattle guy is saying, pleased to meet you. Yeah. But he's thinking, fuck you. (laughs) And the New York guy is saying, fuck you. But he's thinking, nice to meet you. (laughs) Yes, that is Seattle. So is there anything else you want to uh, hit us with, Joel? No, I just want to hang out again when the Maris collab comes out. And I think that'll be a lot of fun. I'm still very hopeful it'll come out this year. Unless the world gets destroyed or something. We can make it. We can do it. Hey, John. Hey, Ed. I've finished all my beverages, and I'm going to try not to pee my pants, so I'll be right back. Ah, nailed it. Do you know the web address for Chase Bliss, Ed? Off the top of your head? It's a test. Oh, my gosh. I mean, uh, chaseblissaudio.com? That's correct. You're also on on uh, Instagram's... And the Twitters. Go to the Twitters. We are on the Twitters, too. And the Facebooks. Uh, We are on LinkedIn. We're on Pinterest. You guys are not messing around. Oh, my God. We're everywhere. (laughs) Thehighgain.com. I'm going to go ahead and follow you on Twitter right now. Oh, my God. We've made it, John. We did it. Oh, you guys even retweet some of my stuff. You guys are a bunch of sweethearts. Oh, are you kidding? Of course we do. We must officially thank Joel Corti for visiting with us. Thank you very much, Joel. Thanks for having me, guys. I had a blast. So did we. We were looking forward to this. Sweet. All right, then. Bye, Ed. Bye.